On this week of Mouthful of Marvels, there isn't an episode of Mouthful of Marvels. Welcome to Pimisodes. Um, this Pimisode is a crossover episode with the Purge podcast, Chris Henderson's podcast. Um, so Jordan invites Chris on, and they also have the cast of um, the the moderately talented improv troupe from Ogden, Sasquatch Cowboy, talk about Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, all the, the Netflix series for each of those. I think they they jump around. I listen to some of it. And I, I, I suggest you also listen to, to maybe some of it. Uh, if not, uh, if, if only just for Jordan using the term urban, like a racist college basketball coach, uh, that, that alone is is worth a listen. It's a bunch of funny people, very talented people, talking about um, this nerdy shit that you guys love. Uh, and also, just a quick update, um, the reason we haven't done episodes is because of me. Um, that's how bad Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is. Uh, I just don't want to watch it. I really don't. Um, this is like one of those like hypothetical would-you-rather, and like, oh, man, I love doing the podcast, but... Sure hate Agents of Shield. This is like, would you like kill a random, random hundred people to save your parents? Would you? This is like one of those uh, for me. But I started watching it again as Jordan's birthday present, so uh, we should have regular episodes back soon. Uh, yeah. So enjoy this episode crossover episode with the Purge. Bye. All right, welcome to The Purge. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I'm the co-host of this episode, Chris Henderson. Yes, co-host. That must mean you have a co-host with you. Yeah, it's Jordan from that... Episode Zero and last week's promo. Yeah, and I was also in the background of uh, the one with my fiancé that you did on The Crown. Oh, yeah, you walked in the middle I of the episode it. and ruined it. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Because this is a crossover episode with our sister podcast, Mouthful of Marvels, that mm-hmm. Joe Jordan and Mike Grover uh, co-host, yes? Yes, yeah. Unfortunately, Mike Grover cannot be here. He's in Florida uh, with his girlfriend with family, meeting family. And it, like cr- Christmas is stressful as it is. He gets the added uh, stress of meeting family. Uh, so meeting new family, meeting new family. Yeah, he's met most of his family. Um, but yeah, so no co-host, uh, no Mike here today. Uh, but we have plenty of other bodies to fill the airwaves. Yes, uh, this is a crossover episode because we're going to be talking about the three Marvel series on Netflix: Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Luke. Cage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just a little uh, recap. What this uh, show, what this podcast is, is we watch Netflix series, uh, we binge them, and then we talk about them. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily a critique show. It generally goes that way. Uh, and uh, we're not going to remember the plots very well because we binged them maybe a while ago. Oh, I will remember every line. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so we've got a bunch of, yeah, as Jordan said, a bunch of bodies in here. Uh, our first guest, uh, he was on The Purge on episode one, the first episode. It's Chris Bodley. He came on talking about Hemlock Grove. Woo! Welcome, Chris. How you doing? <laughs> it, it, doing good. All right. And our first question, we're just going to ask everybody, what's your favorite Marvel movie? Um, I think probably either Winter Soldier or The First Avengers. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, okay, so let's move along since we have a bunch of people to introduce. Um, so, and also, uh, uh, well, I mean, like I was saying that, like, Mike is in another state, so he can't join us. Uh, but that's no excuse because we have uh, another guest that we have. Uh, Skyler, what's your last name, Skyler? Higley. Higley, Skyler Higley, okay. who uh, resides. I feel extremely disrespecting. You didn't know my last name. What's your last name, Jordan? Is it Todd? Black? I don't know. Close. I know it's it's brown. Color. Oh, you knew my middle name. That's uh, Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, Skyler lives in Chicago, and he is uh, on the phone with us. So, uh, hey, Skyler. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Not much. What is your favorite Marvel movie, Skyler? Uh, I would say uh, Elektra. Okay. The, wasn't that, that a straight... A, that is a joke. That is totally a okay. joke. <laughs> it's a good joke. <laughs> Uh, that's, I, I didn't see it because I knew I, it was awful. I just knew it was awful. I no, it, was, it, my it was straight garbage. Yeah. It was straight garbage. Um, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, for sure. Okay, uh, great. Guardians of the Galaxy. That's a good one. Uh, oh, our next guest is, uh, she was on the purge for uh, the Sensate episode. Uh, Chelsea Mackey is here with us again. How's it going, Chelsea? It's going good. Good, good. And, <laughs> and your favorite Marvel movie? Um, you know, we watched uh, Civil War the other day. It came to uh, Netflix. The newest one. I I gotta say, it's it's pretty damn good, isn't it? Yeah, I liked it a lot. It's got I a great agree. pace. Action sequences are all satisfying. Like I, so I feel impressive happy how many superheroes it. are in that movie, and they balance it. Everybody oh, gets yeah, oh, it's so good. Really impressive. So good. Really good work. Uh, and next up, we have uh, somebody that um, he I think he taught me my first like official improv class wow. uh, and so yeah i've been performing with him uh he's a guru of sorts uh calvin ditmore <laughs> i do not want guru title <laughs> <laughs> uh and so calvin what's your favorite uh marvel movie uh you know i would have to say the first spider-man with toby Maguire. sure that's a great one yeah. willem dafoe is in it it's how do you like Willem Dafoe's performance as Green Goblin? I loved it. Did I you? thought he was great. Yeah, he was born to play a villain. Yeah, especially the Green Goblin. Yeah. <laughs> like, he, like his face is a goblin. Uh, no, sorry if he's one of our listeners. <laughs> For sure. He's, he's a huge fan. <laughs> if, if he's the one listener. <laughs> yeah, that's the, yeah, the one listener. Um, great. And the next guest, uh, he was on The Purge uh, 2. Uh, he was talking about Marco Polo several episodes back. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joe DeGeneres back again. How's it going, Joe? Oh, it's great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Good, good. Yeah, and your favorite Marvel movie? First Iron Man. Yep. First Iron It's a great one. And you've been on several episodes of Mouthful of Marvels, too, right, Joe? Yeah, yeah but did. I've never been with the guru, Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Check out my Twitter handle, Improv Guru. <laughs> Uh-huh. Was that you? That's no, you? no, 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 account? no. But it's a very fun account. <laughs> uh, and lastly, this has been everybody. Uh, lastly, uh, this is the first time meeting uh, uh, Danielle Susie. Uh, I knew your last name. <laughs> Sorry, Skyler. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, the, my first time meeting Danielle. Yeah, uh, very excited. Uh, I've heard only good things. Um, and what is your favorite? Yeah, what's your favorite Marvel movie? Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. But I really like. I love the whole film, but specifically <laughs> during the end credits when Groot comes back mm. and does that little dance to yeah. I think Jackson Five. Mm. Drax is like he can feel it in his like assassin bones that yeah. something. Oh yeah, and fun is happening. And I feel like Guardians of the Galaxy Two is gonna also. <sighs> 
Because even in the even in the trailer, we watched another movie the other day, and we saw that trailer. And when Groot pops his little head out, I would have accepted. He's still, he's still baby Groot. He's, he's still, baby still he's like growing, but yeah. he's still a baby. And toddler. Yeah, he's toddler. Toddler. Groot. toddler Groot. So like, if you said the trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy Two was one of your favorite <laughs> yeah. movies, I would have accepted that. Because <laughs> it's an amazing trailer. Can I say trailer. that? Yeah, sure. I want, that's what I want. Send it. Yeah, it was already taken anyway because Skylar Higley took it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Jordan, what is your favorite Marvel? Movie? I can't wait for Guardians of the Galaxy three when it's teenager Groot. And he's just like, oh, you guys. He has a leaf like emo haircut. <laughs> yeah, uh, my favorite right now is probably Civil War. Civil uh, War, yeah, it's so goddamn good. Because Chelsea each movie that comes out becomes your new favorite. Oh yeah, absolutely. Right. Well, it, it's it, so Doctor Strange is actually my favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about Doctor Strange. How could you? I would hate to be Jordan's kids because. <laughs> <laughs> He'd like love the first one, and then the second one, he'd be like, "No, this one's much better." I'm gonna name them after the different Marvel movies. So, like, uh, Civil War will be my firstborn. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna this is a bad strategy, Jordan. I well, it might be, uh, but Civil we'll Todd War. Civil Todd War. <laughs> awesome. Yes. Uh, my favorite Marvel movie is Ant Man, but I do think Iron Man is the best one. Yeah, um, uh, I just really loved Ant Man so much. Yep. 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 Awesome. So we're going to talk about some Marvel TV shows now. Uh, we're just going to go in the order they came out. So we're going to start with Daredevil. Um, and I'm just going <laughs> to randomly ask Chelsea what she thought of Daredevil. That's great. Oh, I loved I loved the first season and I loved the second season as well. Um, any, any standout moments? Like uh, anything particular that you really liked? You know, I think in general what I like the most about these uh, series that they have on Netflix um, is the fact that like... It has such an adult tone, you know, and me as an adult now, like, I like that there's media that I can partake in that is thematically something that I'm interested in, you know. So I think that um, not only as a superhero show, I really liked that Daredevil was just a good crime show. Mm -hmm. It's just mm -hmm. a good crime drama, good law drama. Yeah, and this is like everything that uh, the Marvel Netflix corner of the MCU that they've done is they've set it up for a playground for these darker themes. Uh, Daredevil is like gritty crime. Uh, Jessica Jones is um, just like abuse, like underlying abuse with her relationship with Kilgrave. And Luke Cage is kind of like, yeah, uh, just the urban life that has so long been ignored <laughs> in Marvel. Urban, good word. <laughs> so, Skylar, how much of Daredevil have you watched? I watched zero of Daredevil because I refused to watch the one about the white man. So, okay, oh, okay. Was fine. <laughs> okay so. <laughs> so, what do you consider then, Guardians of the Galaxy? <laughs> Hello, I don't think he heard you. Oh, well, uh, that's okay. Oh, I'm sorry, I lost you guys for a second. Oh, oh, that's no, I was going to say, what do you think of Star Lord being the leader of the Guardians of the Galaxy? Do you think that's just no? Good? Oh, I don't think he's the leader. Okay, who's the who is? Uh, the green. Woman. Oh, right? yeah. Gamora. Gamora. Awesome. Yeah. So the one you don't she remember the name of? The <laughs> so she's the leader. She's the leader? The, the one you don't remember the name of is the leader, Skylar? Did you hear his reasoning, though? She's in front on the poster. Oh. oh. Yeah. Uh, well, in that case, I want to ask uh, Danielle and Skylar uh, what they think Daredevil is about since they've never seen it. Like, if you were to guess the plot of the two seasons of Daredevil. Oh, I saw the film with Ben Affleck. Okay. No, no, I feel no, like no, that's no. not that the not, same. No. How dare you? Sorry. <laughs> so sorry. Oh my god, it's my first time meeting Jordan. Uh, I'm gonna say, I mean, based on Chelsea's description of it being like a crime or law show, I'm gonna say Daredevil is like 
your your standard superhero trying to like keep stuff cool in the neighborhood. Yeah. Is that not is that pretty accurate? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. I mean, I mean that, that's a superhero show. Uh, Skyler, just so you guys know, Daredevil's best friend is um, Mike Grover. It's Mike. I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say that Daredevil, since it's adult, is uh, is about um, a character that is uh, he's just like riding motorcycles a lot and <laughs> jumping through flaming hoops and whatnot. <laughs> So he's evil Knievel? Yeah. He's Daredevil. Yeah. And somebody's like, yeah, here's their dare. And he's like, dare always. <laughs> uh, you want to clear that up, Joe? Uh, no, he's he's like 95%. Right? <laughs> <laughs> he only fights crime on dare. Yeah. yeah. When, when sure, I, I triple dog dare you to take down this crap. Yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, my my sister ran this uh, this used bookstore, and then when the bookstore went under, I inherited the comic book collection. So like, oh, nice. Punisher and Daredevil were like two of the first titles that I ever read. You know, and um, and I I have to say that I I was super happy that Daredevil finally finally did Punisher right. Like, yeah. there's so many different incarnations of Punisher. But I think um, one of the problems with, with a character like Punisher is that, um, you know, like, he doesn't have any superpowers or anything like that. And so, like, you know, there's plenty of movies where people just have guns and they kill people, mm-hmm. right? But I think uh, this this incarnation of the Punisher in the second Daredevil uh, was the best best interpretation because he's, he's juxtaposed with with uh with daredevil in you know daredevil's like this moral moral authority yeah. mm-hmm. he's lawful good he's lawful yeah. good yeah and, yeah yeah Where, what, what is daredevil's da- real name uh chris cox it's uh <laughs> matt, yeah, chris cox. no it's matt murdoch <laughs> matt murdoch yeah matt murdoch um and so uh, did you see the thomas jane film uh incarnation yeah you did yeah uh, what about the war zone with um what was his name uh he's balls attack and, and thor i don't know the actor's name off the top of my head uh <laughs> yeah i um yeah the, the the one i remember best is the uh dolph lundgren oh great <laughs> and he was in the tom uh jane version he played like this muscle that was supposed yeah. to go and take him out yeah yeah but I just I I just really liked this this version of him because I think it it asked a lot of really good moral questions about like what 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 is the essential difference between somebody like Daredevil versus somebody like Punisher mm-hmm. and um, are either of them actually doing good or are they just or is just vigilantism itself like the the wrong choice and like yeah but like. Uh, the Punisher is able to take it one step further and get more results from doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, it's a good show. It's uh, The first season got 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, and the second season got, I think, around 72% um, on Rotten really? Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, people people like it. I uh, Okay, this is my opinion. Uh, I like all three of these shows all right. I really love Jessica Jones. Yeah. Um, these other... Luke Cage and Daredevil, I liked all right, but I felt like they were too long. They were 13-episode seasons and easily could have told their story in 10. Is that a uh, common criticism for uh, binge-watching shows for you? Yeah. Just that, yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. It is. Uh, but more so with these ones. I felt like they moved pretty slowly. Okay. But the 98% of the first season is surprising because I thought the second season was a lot better than really? the first season. Yeah, I do too. I, <clears throat> I would If I had to guess those numbers, I would have guessed them reverse. reverse. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm wondering what it is because, like, when I'm thinking of the second season of Daredevil, I'm imagining like three different story arcs. And so I'm wondering in the if, second like, season, you said? Yeah, in the second season, where the first season it was just Kingpin, like it was pretty straightforward, yeah. uh, just Kingpin. But this one, it's uh, the Punisher, it's Kingpin. Um, oh, there there was something else that was in there. There was the crazy ass ninja shit. Oh yeah, there was, <laughs> exactly. I completely forgot about this this convoluted there, kind of like there was a pit. Coming from the center of the earth, <laughs> and ancient warriors were like, like crawling up out of it. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like that is to serve the franchise is like really setting up for defenders because I'm pretty sure they're going to go up against uh, Sigourney Weaver is cast for the uh, defenders uh, team up, and everybody is speculating that she's going to play what's called the Beast, which is this demon that like the hand worship, and so that's all setting up for like trying to resurrect this god. Um, yeah, just this evil god. Sigourney Weaver has a good track record of playing a demon. <laughs> oh, you're talking about holes? <laughs> no. No, she was Ghostbusters, uh, man. Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, she, was, she the, was she the villain, though? She was... She was the gatekeeper. <laughs> she was like a vessel. So Daredevil is, yeah, the, is, a is the prequel to Ghostbusters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She was great, though. She was the... She was the Basically, the the face of the villain. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, I want to ask Skylar and and Danielle a question. Not knowing anything about Daredevil or very little, what Jordan just said: the Sigourney Weaver plays a beast that the hand worships. Mm-hmm. What does this mean to you? It's, it's <laughs> an allegory. Worships? Yeah, it's an allegory for masturbation. <laughs> Oh, no, really? <laughs> oh, God. No. Uh, well, it might be. Can um, I ask a question? Is, is Daredevil blind? Yes. 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 Well, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I have a bone to pick with this. Okay. <laughs> Daredevil's blind, but he can see better than anybody. So his blindness is basically completely unimportant. Sure. Um, it's the same debate about that runner, uh, the sprinter who has titanium legs, uh, who got in a the lot of trouble. The runner? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, it's an allegory for uh, that guy who uh, got in tr- all that trouble. What's the guy's name? Uh, Matt Murdock or Charlie Cox? <laughs> <laughs> One of those two. <laughs> no, Daredevil what is, what sees... Is the, what is the runner's name? I know someone I know, who yeah. dated Matt him. Matt really? Oh, Yeah, yes. Pistorius. Oscar Pistorius. Do you know somebody who dated him? Are they okay? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know her well. I was in an improv class with her like Jesus, two years ago. He, he thinks she's okay. He just talked to her through no. a door. She dated him before all this. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. He was a good guy. <laughs> Um, sure. Uh, yes, he is blind, but he can see better than all of us. Yeah. So he's still a superhero. It'd be like saying uh, an airplane can see better than humans because it, it has good instruments, but it's not seeing in the in the same way. I was going to ask: Is it seeing in like the like uh, unimpaired vision way, or is it like all of his other senses are heightened so he sees? It's, 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 it's like the whole world is on fire. He can't appreciate a book, <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> Is Daredevil just colorblind? Is that no? Is? So, so he's he's blind, and it's a combination of heightened senses, like uh, Danielle asked about. But it's also he was trained by a master martial artist named that Stick. Named Stick. Oh, yeah. Stick is an amazing character. His name is just like, Stick. Stupid name, but he's such oh, a great character. He's a great character, and he he also taught him to like. Heighten his senses yeah. and hone his ability mm-hmm. to navigate. So the yeah, world. not only is Thick blind, but like where uh, Daredevil, like uh, he he's super, like he can see different senses uh, in a way that we can't. Uh, Stick is just a curmudgeon. Like that's how that's his extra power is mm. just the surliness. They got to get that stick out of his butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> um, and yeah, 
who's a better Electra, Jennifer Garner or whoever played Electra? Oh, whoever. Whoever. <laughs> whoever, whoever else. I'll tell you right. Whoever, whoever else. else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who I I will say that uh, that the second episode of the first season is one of my favorite action sequences. What is that? Remind me. It, 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 where he just goes in and it's the 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 continuous cut of him like beating down all the Russians left yeah. and right. It's like, like down a hallway and then it goes into a side room. Yeah, just stuff. like okay. uh, down, yeah. there's there's a fight scene in the original Old Boy that oh, uh, so has good. that same. You've seen it? Is that yes. the Japanese oh, so old boy? Yeah. Not, yeah. not the remake. Yeah, it's Korean. 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 But and not the remake with, uh, what's his name, J- Josh Brolin? Yeah. And, and I think, I think that, that's one of my favorite things about Daredevil in general is that, like, you know, he's just a human. He doesn't have super strength or anything like that. And so there's there's some episodes in where in which he's just incapacitated the entire episode because <laughs> yeah. of his wounds. Uh-huh. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think that, that... But he's a boxer, and so, like, he knows how to take a hit. And so he fucks <laughs> yeah. up whoever's yeah. left. And yeah. then he saves a little boy. It's great. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Calvin, what do you think? Uh, do, did you prefer – you've seen both the seasons. Of yes, Daniel. I have. Did you like the first season or the second season? Uh, I, I honestly liked the first season a little bit. Did you? Okay, yeah. you're on. I liked, I liked uh, the complexity that they added to Kingpin in there because typically all I've seen of him is just – he's a boss. He's just a boss with no backstory or anything. Mm-hmm. And his whole love story arc I thought was very nice. And you know I love that actor and oh, D'Onofrio. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, D'Onofrio. But what the villain, like what Netflix can do, since they do have this, like uh, they have twelve episodes to tell a story. What they give us is great villains now. Mm-hmm. So like Loki is probably one of the few cinematic villains that is given like enough time to shine and show us like why he's actually a good villain. He's always lived underneath um, in uh, Thor's shadow. But now like the series are giving us villains like uh, like Fisk and and Kilgrave and um, Cottonmouth. Uh, yeah. It's it's all great. Uh, yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, the I, difference between the movies and the TV shows is they usually spend the time in the movies to flesh out the hero with mm-hmm. an origin story, and then you usually don't get that same treatment for the villains. And to your earlier point, in in the shows we have thirteen episodes. Uh, Chris thinks that's too many, <laughs> <laughs> but it does serve the the story to flesh out uh, the villains. Like you are. You can feel sympathy for Kilgrave, for Cottonmouth, for Fisk. Yeah. Uh, for all of them. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Foggy for a second. Okay. Well, you mentioned that. Mike it's, Grover. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> since, since, like, our listeners can't see what Mike Grover looks like. Watch uh, Daredevil and, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's Foggy Nelson. That's Just exactly Google Grover, <laughs> XXX Mike Grover. <laughs> no. Some of his personal projects will pop up. Mike <laughs> Uh, yeah, so you want to talk, he's, yeah. I, I hated it. I know. Yeah. I hated it. His, I, I and I can't so. tell if it's the actor's portrayal or if it's the writing because that's, I don't think he's written in very well. That's a tough call. I agree with that because like the first season, he wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible. I, the second season, I really grew to just hate. I, I see. I, I think like I hate, I began hating him. And so like it got to a level of like, this is terrible writing. And then like he became a, a bit more like digestible in the second season. Cause it's like, yeah, this is bad writing, but I guess I'm in for the ride. I, <laughs> I think it's the device that they like wanted him to be is just mm-hmm. the comedic relief. And so mm-hmm. he like started out as this real shallow, supposed to be jokey, punchy thing. And much like a villain, like I want to know a little bit more about him, like mm-hmm. something I can relate to besides some they don't give you much, though, guy. Huh? Yeah. No, they don't. He was, yeah, he was joking and punching, and then they tried to give him an arc in the second season, and I think it didn't work. Like, it, it, like why? 
like, what's he doing now? He's going to go to this other law firm, trying to join it with Jessica Jones and stuff. Yeah, I think that the second season was a transition season for a character like Foggy, where yeah. I think maybe they realized their misstep. And so the second season is, like, building a foundation of, like, okay, we have to do something different with him. So I yeah. I, I think that there is some charm to the character, and I, I kind of hope that they can yeah. bring it around. Mm-hmm. Uh, same with Karen Page. Yeah, uh, I really liked oh. Karen's, uh, yeah, like development in the first season, and then the second season. Like she had this huge thing that happened in the first season that was never addressed, and it's cool if they're setting it up. But I had a real be... hard time with her. If Do I, you? I, I, I agree with you. Oh, I mean, she just falls into jobs, and she's like the best at every job. <laughs> that she does. Am, yeah, yeah. Am I alone in wanting preferring him to be with Electra over? No. Her? Oh my gosh, I was. Living, you were when, shipping for when, <laughs> not not even shipping, but uh-huh. it just doesn't. I don't think it makes sense for Karen's character to be with Matt Murdock. I just it it, it seems a little too simple. Like yeah. like I think that they were like especially in the first season they had separate story arcs for each character, but then in the second season it's like oh well Karen's going to be like in love with Matt I guess, yeah. and then like he's going to have his ex girlfriend show in town. Yeah, that like, was. That was uh, because of another device that, like, Calvin mentioned, Foggy is a device as a comedic relief. Karen is a device, I think, for season two of trying to juxtapose um, uh, Matt Murdock versus Daredevil. Because there's the Matt Murdock who wants to stick to the law and be a lawyer the way that, like, he thinks it should be. Um, and so he wants to stick with Karen Page. Uh, but Electra is the, uh, represents the, the, the badass of of daredevil kicking ass but you're right it does fail uh, it yeah it's a shame that it has to uh that's yeah that's a dog that's maggie maggie outside <laughs> she was whining oh no maggie oh, she's, she's not a fan of karen right. page either <laughs> <laughs> she's she's karen at us the door i just wanted to make sure she was okay <laughs> sorry i heard her little whimper she probably oh. just wants a toy it's on the bed <laughs> <laughs> maybe she has something to say about the franchise yeah let's bring her out <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I preferred Karen Peach from season one where she wasn't in love with Matt Murdock. Um, yeah, you're right. But, uh, someone who's really familiar with the comics and this, uh, <clears throat> interpretation of the comics, explain to me the like moral code of Daredevil and of Elektra and how they differ. Uh, okay. Um, well, I, I, th- I think it boils down to the line of their, whether or not they're willing to kill because, uh, you know that's the that's the line for Daredevil. He won't kill people, mm-hmm. whereas Elektra is totally fine with killing. Elektra people. is closer to the Punisher, it seems, um, than uh, than Daredevil is. Uh, yeah, so I, I think that is the the um, line is it's killing whether they're willing to kill. It's not the yeah. only line though, because she she participated in some shady, shady business dealings earlier on, and he was he was opposed to that as well. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, Chelsea, did you ask something you want to say? Yeah, I think she's also an assassin, so she's willing to kill for money. And I uh, I think that that's a line that Daredevil would not cross. She's well. also a little bit sadistic. Like, we go into that flashback of her as a little girl, and, yeah, yeah. like, she enjoys the first time she kills somebody. Right. So, yeah. That, that clears it up for me in my head. Because I, I, I have a hard time remembering the whole plot, but I remembered thinking, like, 
come on, Daredevil, you can just kill someone under certain circumstances. I know that speaks to my character, mm-hmm. but like, I do think, like, I have a hard time with Batman for the same reason. It's like, okay, sometimes. Just like, kill the guy. Just kill the guy. <laughs> um, yeah. um, Chris, what circumstances but, would you be willing to kill someone? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, let's get into If it. they took my parking space, for instance. <laughs> uh, no, I, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying there were circumstances set up in Daredevil where he was totally unwilling to kill someone. And I was like, oh, man, I think she's right in the circumstance. But saying she enjoys it and that she's a paid assassin, like, clears well, that yeah. moral line up. A and, and I think that there's also even a difference between someone like Elektra and someone like Punisher. Because mm-hmm. Punisher, he's, he's doing it out of, out of a sense of duty, um, you know – like he he doesn't he doesn't kill because he enjoys it. He kills because he's he's trying to balance out the universe or something. Yeah, yeah some grand uh just it's his duty, you're right. Yeah. Um and where Electra it's more a, a job. Like it's to put herself forward, like just in uh yeah, just yeah. Uh yeah. I have nothing. I'm still to... imagining Jennifer Garner for all of this. <laughs> oh, me too, Skylar. Guys... Me too. <laughs> I'm like, what? She's going to kill everybody? You guys need to watch uh, that second half of, of Daredevil just to rinse out the taste of Jennifer Garner. Uh, I, I was really depressed when I first saw the Ben Affleck movie because it, he was one of my favorite characters in the comics, and I was so excited for the movie, and it was garbage. Yeah, it was. You thought it was Can bad we, in the uh, Yeah, yeah, it was a bad movie. Can we <laughs> talk about Ben Affleck Batman or No. Sure. Yeah, we can. Is that yeah. off limit? Yeah. No. How do we? I just. How do we feel as a general populace about Ben Affleck Batman? I forgot that entire movie. I haven't seen <laughs> it. I, I, I Most think, of us haven't seen it. That's very. I've, I've like, seen it. Right. Going going okay. back to Civil War versus um, Batman versus Superman. Right. Yeah. Civil War. Uh, they've got, you know. Five times as many characters, but mm-hmm. each character has a moment to shine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got a personality. You're invested in, in what happens they've to them. They've got good Where, jokes in that movie. Yeah. yeah. Whereas uh, Batman versus Superman, like Batman is one of my favorite comic book characters, period, mm-hmm. right? But like they they don't have time to develop, develop any of the characters in a movie like that. And uh, yeah, so he's, he's no Christian Bale. No. <laughs> well, I feel yeah. like that movie was – Two and a half, three hours long. What happened in that movie? At a certain point, you have to say that they chose not to develop those characters because there was there, there was obviously time to do, yeah. to do that if they if they chose. To. Well, and the thing the the problem with that is that they tried to t- pack too many storylines into one movie, right? Like you could have, um, you know, Death of Superman is a movie by itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Batman versus Superman is a is a separate story. Uh, you know. It, I, something that the Marvel Universe does well is they introduce you to all of the characters. Oh. You know, that they'll have four movies to say, okay, these are the characters that we're going to be playing with in the next movie. So, so you know who they are. So we don't have to waste time with their backstory when we when we, we already have a taste of what the Spider Man Homecoming movie is going to be like because yeah. we got to see him in a very like naturally introduced way. Mm-hmm. Just yeah, the exposition handled in Marvel movies versus. Whatever, whatever happened in Batman vs. I can, I can, I want to give him a little bit of an out because if you are trying to plan a movie and you're thinking like, what can we, what can we put in this movie, and you see how you know Marvel did it and they seem to put a lot in the movie. We watch First Avengers; they put a lot in that movie. Yeah, and they're like, okay, so we got death of Superman. Okay, Superman's got to die. All right, that's five minutes. <laughs> so <laughs> we can obviously put in more stuff. So they. 
we can all agree that they didn't do everything right in you know Batman versus Superman. But yeah. how did you feel about Ben Affleck as Batman, Skyler? Uh, only good part of the movie, I thought. Like he acted well, and then you know the rest of it was stupid, yeah. really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you like Jesse Eisenberg? Um, like n- I never liked Jesse Eisenberg <laughs> ever. <laughs> He stole Michael Sarah's career. <laughs> Michael Sarah could have done every every Jesse Eisenberg movie. No one would be upset. We don't need two of those people. Oh, so this is uh, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think he could have done Social Network. I'll say yeah. that. I'll okay. say that's the only film that I've seen that I don't think Michael Sarah could have done. He's a little too like he's you, a little too not Harvard. Enough, you would you say know? like. I'd love to see you can't Michael do, Sarah and now you see me. You can't do the <laughs> social network. You can't do the social network. If you could, you would have done the social network. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, any any other thoughts on Daredevil? Likes, dislikes, anything? Um, I'm excited for the Punisher uh, movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I I just really loved uh, Bernthal's. Wait, is it a movie or is it a series? Or the series, okay, yes. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, yeah, me too. I think John Bernthal has really hit it out of the park. I really liked his Punisher. Um, yeah, Chris, I feel like you like Punisher just because you like Skull. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, duh. <laughs> All right, we got it. All right, so we're moving on to Jessica Let's Jones now? It. All right, I'm going to give my little preamble to Jessica Jones. I really, really loved this show. Yeah. Uh, this is in, this ranks top uh, fourth in my rundown of Netflix shows, so we would have done this show way later, uh, but I wanted to combine it here. Uh, and what I loved about it was how focused it was. They lived or died by their premise instead of going off on tangents here. It was a singular kind of faux love story between, uh, oh, what's the guy? Kilgrave yeah. and Jessica Jones. And uh, it was centralized. It wasn't like the world in peril. I loved that about it. Uh, I loved that uh, we had great, strong female characters um, and strong male characters. We didn't sacrifice one for the other. And this is the um, first Emmy-winning Marvel property. Really? Yeah, it won an Emmy for uh, Outstanding Main Title Theme Music. <laughs> so it's not a cool <laughs> Emmy. <laughs> but it's an Emmy. <laughs> um, I think if you're calling so this a favorite. love story, you're really taking... <laughs> Honestly. I think you're really taking Kilgrave's side a little too much here. Wait, let me clarify that. Let me clarify that. I said faux love story. It's a story about a poor guy who loved his girl. <laughs> no. Okay. What no. I mean by that is his motivation was that he was so in love with her. <laughs> okay. Like, not that it was actually a love story. You led with Do you think the motivation is love, though? Because, like... No, it's not. Uh, I, well, I would say it's, it's absolutely... It's infatuation, maybe, but, it's like... Power. I think it's... Well, he has this thing where, like, you know, the, the first... The beginning of the season, she's sort of recognizing this other pattern. And, like, you know, like most serial sexual abusers and rapists, like, they mm-hmm. have patterns. And so... Uh, I think the idea is like I don't think it's love, and I don't think it's infatuation. I think it's just like his desire for power. Uh, yeah, like I, I see that, but I think he thinks it's love, right? In no, no, no. Okay, he didn't. He didn't I'll send her. He didn't <laughs> send her a dozen roses. Like I love you. Please come back to me. He like recreated their for yeah. like their encounter, like their first encounter when he first like manipulated her mind and like yeah. took control over her. Where like he went to the restaurant and he sat in the same spot. And he like abducted this this woman and mm-hmm. like 
like that's not like I love you. I abducted this person and murdered them because I love you and I want you back. That's like a power play. And anything yeah. that like any rede- that. anything redeemable about him, like in those episodes where like he was, they, she was like showing him like this is how you be a good guy. See, you could have helped these people instead of like killed the guy and then. But uh, so oh shoot, I already lost my train of thought. What was I talking about? Uh, damn it! Why uh, why it's not love. Uh, yeah, that, that's yeah. what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not love. Uh, it's not love. It's, <laughs> sure, yeah, fine, fine. I don't know though because <laughs> oh, what? This, this is what I'm saying. Like, I totally understand what you guys are saying, and I'm not sympathetic to the character. I'm not taking his side, just to be clear. But I do think that ah, I think so, he he that's his motivation. I do think that is. I, but no, like here's the thing: is like if, I think he's broken. What, the way I go about it is going about it is terrible. What's the most appealing thing about Jessica Jones as a character? Like is her superpowers, right? Mm-hmm. So she like for him to be able to control her is saying that he can control this strength that is like so yeah. above and beyond his point. own. That's a fair point. So it goes back to power, where he's saying, my mind is stronger than your matter. You know, my mm. my mental mm. power is stronger than your physical power. Even I, like, can overpower you, mm. even though you have this super strength and you can fly. You know, I think to him it's very symbolic that he can have absolute control over an individual like that. Yeah. Yeah, he never okay, took any time to point. get to know her. He just immediately started controlling her. Yeah, she can go through walls and I want to control that. Yeah, and then once he realized what he had, he... Super latched on, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he and like the entire time he's trying to justify himself, uh, but it's only because he is in his own uh, mind frame and is just like his own vantage point, and he is psychotic and can't see what he's doing is just a power trip. I I also really love the episode where he was still manipulating people, but he wasn't using his superpower to manipulate yeah. people. He was oh. using he was mm-hmm. uh, extorting them, or he was you know he was paying them, or bribing them, or he was uh, you know giving them drugs, or mm-hmm. uh, you know like threatening them. And and I think that 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 plays into that whole thesis of like you know power and and control and things like that. So Jordan, I'm curious because you just said. He doesn't realize that he's doing it for a power trip. I don't know if he... yeah, you did say that, and that's yeah. what I was gonna. And say. I'm just well, no, no, I'm not saying oh, sure. I'm not trying to negate that at all. I'm just yeah. curious about. Could you like expand? I on think that he's a little victimized bit? himself like since he was because he was like an experiment from his parents. So I think mm-hmm. he's seeing this right. as his his right, right because like he went through like this traumatizing like mm-hmm. stuff to get this power, yeah. and so he's going to use this power for himself. So his desire for control is like reactionary Probably. to all of these things. That I, but, yeah, for being helpful. Like when he was, because uh, is he like? I can't. I don't think he was like physically chained uh, down to the table when he's being experimented on. But yeah, it is. It's in response to his helplessness as a child, and then now he can control anybody. He's not helpless anymore. He's the one who was making other people helpless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm interested. Sorry, go ahead, Jeff. Yeah. I was just going to say it was a really good villain, and it was such a good villain that the only way they could. Like, beat him was that kind of made his power null and void. Like, they couldn't even overcome his power as it was. Like, they couldn't find one solution besides killing him. The the solution had to be that she became immune to it? Yeah. Yeah. That's how good the power was, is, like, like she had to fight almost unfairly. Yeah. They had to, yeah, write in an advantage for a character like this. Um, And it's a common problem that, like, you come across with, like, 
most of the most like white people don't like Superman is because he has way too much power. Yeah. Um, and so you have to switch Superman's personality being just like this god who is trying to live among ants. Mm-hmm. Um, so you kind of have to change the internal struggle. But this with Jessica Jones is you have to like change the weakness or like I mean the the strength mm-hmm. against that. Yeah, they weren't thinking very far ahead when they made Superman. They weren't thinking of, like, a second. They weren't thinking of anything else other than, like, him. There are so many uh, tropes from, like, classic Greek tragedies that happen in Marvel films and in Marvel television shows that, like, uh, and, you know, it's hard because, like, Jessica Jones is, like, her, like, tragic flaw, like, isn't isn't hubris and it's not pride. It's her fact. It's, like, her inability to work with other people <laughs> like but but i but i'm so curious and maybe you guys can wait on this like i i don't know if that's because she became so dependent on Kilgrave, and like now we only see her in the post abuse uh-huh. or like if that is inherent to her i think it's inherent i think she's always been self-destructive mm-hmm. and so like this indestructible thing like i think that's very poetic to make this indestructible person self-destructive yeah. um but i think it's it's uh, yeah uh, and I just think that Kilgrave uh, making her helpless just flared it up a bit because yeah, she sure. she has a lot of PTSD. Yeah, I this was a long time ago when I watched the series, but this is making her, me want to rewatch it though. This is amazing. Her backstory when she gets her powers is because she was in a car accident where her parents died. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that that was probably the initial moment where she started to withdraw because not only had she had this traumatic thing happened to her where her parents died but she also was now like radically different from everyone around her because because she had those super yeah and like in her her vulnerability from that car crash also like might have led her to believe that it was okay to be in an abusive relationship and she's kind of like since like she was taken in by um what's her uh what's her uh trish yeah trish Trish. uh so trish was in a relationship with her mother where like she was powerless with the mother so i think she's seen a lot of this powerlessness that only lends to her wanting to lash out mm-hmm. um yeah yeah how's that water crisis skylar what are your thoughts on this uh i guess i um i remember i how to get it seems interesting that i don't know if i remember the end or how she got over uh this Kilgrave's power, but she pretty much like adapted ability to like get past it, right? Yeah, that... I think it's it's, okay. kind of, it's it feels like it's kind of building an immunity to it. I think. I think that's just interesting as far as uh, the dynamic of what an abusive relationship is and uh, how you have to get past that as a person, where they extend it into maybe a superpower. Uh, level, but that's also, I think, very real for what needs to happen to you uh, psychologically to get past that sort of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it was a good show. I, the whole time, I just kept thinking, like, why is Doctor Who doing all these horrible things? <laughs> <laughs> one, of, one of the most shocking scenes to me in that whole season is, like, when she saves that other girl and then they're in the elevator, and the girl kills her parents. Yep, and that was episode one, right? Oof. Is that the first That's episode? That's the first episode. That's how the first episode ends. God, I couldn't even... I haven't watched mm-hmm. it in so long. I didn't yeah. realize it was the first... Yeah. And then she says something creepy along the lines of, like, from Kilgrave, like, essentially. Yeah. Like, I don't remember what she says, but she's smiling. He told just, me to, and I'm yeah. like, oh, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so back to, like, the Netflix 
uh, series and part of the franchise being able to explore these grittier topics and just yeah something entirely different from Spider-Man swinging around happily giggling. Was uh was Luke Cage needed in that or was he was he in there just to launch his own show? Um, he was no, there just totally to ancillary, I think. Yeah. I thought 100%. They didn't, I thought they didn't decide to give him his own show until after No, like, he was that part of he was, was part of the, uh, yeah, on the the agenda. Yep. I I do think as a viewer it was beneficial to get a taste of his character just because these are these the subjects of these uh shows on Netflix I am not familiar with their comics almost at all. Mm -hmm. So um, when Luke Cage was a B character in Jessica Jones, it was nice to have that like sampler. So then when he did have his own show, I was like, oh, I I know who that is. I'm interested in watching it. So I I can understand why he was there. Okay, so it's sort of a a good purpose for you because you may not have taken a flyer on it without him being sampled. Right, yeah. And it also had like, it also served a purpose, I suppose, like another character for her to like, sympathize with right or to like share this sort of like oh my god we're kind of different oh (laughs) when when they're talking about their origins of their powers where they're like oh freak chemical accident you car accident and then that's the only thing that they say about it there's not this long you know how many siblings do you have yeah (laughs) like like, your superpowers (laughs) yeah i think that as as viewers we're so conditioned to have this big movie where you're learning the whole origin you know it takes you know what 30 45 minutes before peter parker's bit by the spider right and we're so saturated with these origin stories that it's nice to just see a casual i got this for this simple reason yeah exactly that they're this is their life and and it's not important how they got the powers it's how they operate now yeah that's what we care about yeah it's also like a a person it doesn't need to be luke cage but like it's also another person for her to have like a sexual relationship with too and that's i think important after being sexually abused or being like abuse yeah, in that sense Hel- like but not but like i often wonder if it's healthy sure. too, though, well, because yeah. you know there is like a really weird detachment too from that like there's no real like romance happening initially there's just like let's bone mm-hmm. yeah yeah well and it's also uh just like to continue like adding to her flaws as a character like because the the premise of this indestructible character having flaws is so fascinating and so one of these flaws is to get close to somebody and then push them away or like she becomes infatuated with him because she was a major part in her his wife's death yeah and so it's just another like uh just layer to just her many many flaws well also like their powers are saying something about their personality yeah, traits right, right? like mm-hmm. he can't be hurt and she's she's got this this ability to hurt people around her so mm-hmm. she finds somebody that that she can't hurt right mm-hmm. and so like that that plays into that relationship mm-hmm. dynamic absolutely yeah yeah this is a good one uh did i say what the percentage of this was on rotten tomatoes i think it's a uh, one second 98 percent i think uh people like it people also like season two is being directed 93. by all women too yeah mm-hmm. which yep. is pretty cool that is way cool one thing that's awesome about all all three of these uh, these series is I think that they're able to explore themes that you couldn't really get if you just gave any any one one of them a two hour movie mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. Um, that that arc and and the time of 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 you know exploring the different facets of you know for example it, it, in the example of Jessica Jones like all all the different sides of of being in an abusive re- relationship and then getting back into it and you know moving on and and coping with those things like it it needs more time to kind of like explore those those themes but yeah uh yeah so the thing i mentioned about the show about it being a small scale 
um, is true of Luke Cage to Daredevil to a certain extent, but not as much. Um, and this is what I appreciate about these because superhero movies tend to be the whole world is in peril, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that mm. the having it be singular, it's between Kilgrave and it's between Jessica Jones, and he's doing all these terrible things ancillary kind of to that relationship, but because of that relationship between the two characters, right? Um, and we see that a little bit in Luke Cage, a lot in Luke Cage, actually, mm-hmm. and a little bit in Daredevil. Um, this is what I like more about the Marvel's... I guess this is an MCU, is it, Jordan? Yeah, it is. It is? Yeah. Okay. This is what I like more about MCU than these larger scope things I have a hard time relating to larger superhero movies because they're just such as grand scale. You don't give a fuck about Asgard? <laughs> <laughs> or Svartalheim? You don't care about Svartalheim? I mean, the Asgard's pretty much fucked over the Dark Elves. I mean, they were just trying to survive. Am I right? <laughs> sure, you might be. I think I'm right. <laughs> Malekith is the hero in a different story. <laughs> anyway, no, I, I, I agree with that because I like the... I like the point of view of all of these shows um, in a post Avengers society, you know, there needs to be that like, well, they can't solve every problem. So even just zooming in on somewhere like New York, like all of these are taking place. These are all right in Hell's Kitchen, right? All of them? Uh, no. no. Am I wrong? Well, was, except for Luke Cage. Yeah, Luke Cage was in Harlem. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so being able to say like, well, there's evil everywhere. There's evil operating all the time. Um, and the Avengers, these, what, five, six people can't be taking care of it everywhere all the time. So having these heroes that are focused on these more localized problems is so interesting. And the fact that they can stretch it over, you know, what, 10, 15 episodes, I think is, is a really nice way to be able to digest the whole plot without having to be inundated with this like world crisis. Like Mm -hmm. the world is exploding. There's some sort of large beam of light either beaming up or down <laughs> from the sky. You know, it's, it's just nice to be able to focus on something a little smaller. Like, here's one crime boss. Yeah. Let's focus on that. Here's one psychopath that has mind control powers. Mm-hmm. Like, here's... Yeah. here's it's much more focused. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, and it's like a, it's like a thematic type thing. Whereas, like, what is the theme of, like, Avengers 2? Like, Teamwork. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they knew what the theme was. Like, I think Jed, <laughs> Joss Whedon had an idea, and then, like, the executives were like, no, throwing his shirts on too much. <laughs> Take it off. <laughs> Give him a bath. <laughs> That's what our ladies, viewers, and gay viewers. Let's not exclude them. Okay. Um, yeah. Yep. Are you talking about the Thor bath? Yeah, the Thor bath. Yeah, the Thor bath. <laughs> You love we, we love that scene, didn't we? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you, any anybody else have anything to add about Jessica Jones? Uh, yeah. Uh, best of the three. What he says? Best of the three. The best. Yeah, of the it, three. it is the best of the three. Yeah. I agree. Uh, the other thing I wanted to add was the episode where uh, he brings it's her parents, right? That he brings in. Or, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. or was it she his brings, parents? She brings his parents? Yeah, his parents. Are she probably. brings his parents. Mm-hmm. That was a great episode. I completely forgot the relationship, but I yeah. thought it was a great scene. Yeah, because he breaks out of that uh, like sensory tank. Um, yeah. It's good. He's an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about we move on to Luke Cage then? Let's talk about Luke yeah. Cage. 
This is uh, fresh. It's new. So how many of you have seen all of it? I have. I have. Joe has. I have. Kelsey. I have not. Calvin nope. and Danielle know, but uh, Skylar has not. Have you seen any of it, Skylar? Uh, I am on the last episode, so I'm missing one episode. Oh, I'm pretty man. sure I know what happened. Should we just spoil it for <laughs> I actually don't remember I mean, the I last don't, episode. I think most of the I don't really the first care. 12, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, episode 13, that's, uh, that's just like what's, like, that's a uh, falling action. That's an episode of yeah, falling action. Yeah, the Dini Ma. Yeah, the Didi Ma. Isn't the Yeah. Whatever Chris said. The Dini Ma. Um... What uh, do you like it so far, Skylar? Since you're not done with it yet, um, I liked it. I'm a little. I, I had a problem with. There's something that happened. It's kind of like this mid-season. You can spoil. Kind of lost its Skylar, way. I know what you're going to say, yeah. and I agree 100. percent Yeah, Jordan and I have had this conversation. No. Just uh, uh, what Cottonmouth, Marshalla Ali's character, mm-hmm. uh, died, and I I liked how. He was killed, and it was, you know, emotionally charged or whatever. But all it kind of like now there's this other shittier villain oh, that's here. Exactly. He's all into the. Oh, have you guys read the Bible? I don't fucking care, man. <laughs> Just, yeah, he's a caricature. Like Cottonmouth was like a, it, it seemed like a villain yeah, that was, was grounded real. in reality, and Diamondback was just this caricature of every other like uh, just comic book villain that's terrible. Yeah, Cottonmouth. Yeah, you we're feel at least, for... like monologue shit. Yeah. <laughs> And I think it's, I think it's, you don't have to bleep yourself. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you keep uh, pressing a, a button on your phone, Skylar, and it sounds like you're censoring yourself. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to. That guy was on Boardwalk Empire and he was a character. Which guy? Um, Diamondback. Diamond. Okay. And he was a, he was a, like, he couldn't be reasoned with and he was just out for himself and, you know, he died in that show as well. I don't know if that actor is capable of playing nuance or if that's just what he keeps booking. Yeah, I couldn't I couldn't tell if it was the writing or if it was the actor um, because it, it felt very similar to Foggy's stuff where it's just a groaner. Like, I know he's trying to come across and I'm supposed to, like, he's supposed to pull something out of me, but it, it always just makes me roll my eyes and miss Cottonmouth. I greatly preferred Cottonmouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I even liked yeah. his, his cousin. I, I liked her arc because she was, her her power wasn't, Something you could com- combat directly. It was what's, politics. What's her name again? Uh, the character's name. It's Black Meredith or Black um, Mariah. Black Mariah. Black Mariah. Yeah. Mariah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. She was she was a pretty worthy adversary too because she she could pull different strings and she had her public persona. She was kind of like Kingpin in a lot of ways. Yeah. 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 That was a good character too. Cottonmouth was good because you really could tell where he was coming from. Um, that's well, they like... both represent villains that like actually do exist, right? Cottonmouth and Black Mariah, and the situation that they're in, both really do exist in uh, probably. Har- I mean, I don't live in Harlem, but probably Harlem, and definitely in the real world, sure, just, like the, corrupt the crime politics lord and the, the corrupt politics. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then Diamondback, he has a, a Judas bullet that. <laughs> Yeah, he's not real. And then his his backstory was like, I'm on a revenge trip for my brother. What? Yes. I don't fucking care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I, I agree with what I just said. Another, another tangent is that uh, I, I, I don't know why they had the actress that played Black Mariah. 
they had her as a side character Man, on Civil War. That that is a continuity issue. Just as a fanboy, I get so upset about when they <laughs> recast the people. The principal in the upcoming Spider-Man Homecoming movie is one of the uh, um, Howling Commandos in the first Avenger, and it just makes me go bonkers. I and like um, there are other ones too, uh, but yeah, that one specifically it makes me. Just, I just want some consistency. <laughs> yeah, like I like I understand when they have to replace out an actor who doesn't want to come back or or, yeah. or whatever. But um, but like yeah, to, you can't to, keep track of casting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, like uh, it, it, they they do so they do so well on paying attention to the le- little details in so many other aspects. Yeah. But uh, when when they're doubling up an actor for. For different parts. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to sloppy. I'm trying to develop like some sort of fan theory of like cross time comp- continuums because I mean Stan Lee shows up in every movie so like what's that all about? So I'm trying to figure out like life model decoys, clones like are the Skrull invading and they're picking like I don't know. Well, Doctor well, Strange allows him to like cross all of those uh, dimensions, doesn't he? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's Kilgrave. Yeah. 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 Well, and uh, you know, like something that I like about the MCU more than say like the X Men franchise, uh, like X Men they. They've got so many continuity errors. Yeah. Movie to movie, like it's it's just a mess. Like Whereas, since they tried to fix them, like they yeah. added a bunch more of yeah. It's, yeah. yeah it's, I agree. Um, but uh, MCU typically stays pretty true to their to what they're creating. Yeah. Um, I want I want to go back real quick to this uh, to you guys who hated the fact that they killed Cottonmouth off so early. Right? Cotton Eye Joe. Cotton Eye Joe, is that his... That's what I call him. Uh, <laughs> hey, where did he come from? Where did he go? Uh, where did he go? He died. <laughs> Black Mariah killed him. So, so uh, I, I I agree with everything you guys have said, that like Diamondback's such a much more boring villain, and Cottonmouth was so much more interesting. Oh, he survived, so yeah, he'll um, come back. God, I did, at the moment that he was killed, though, it's like six episodes in, right? Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a pretty yeah. bold move that I totally respected them making, killing off your main villain that early. Yeah, agreed. Out of the blue, which I, I loved that move. They didn't follow it up very They didn't follow it up with a better villain. That's the only um, way that I think it would be okay. It made me believe that the plot was going to move forward, and it did. They weren't going to stick around for 13 episodes. Like, thing. Just with this uh, quarrel between Cotton, like this yeah. personal, yeah. The story uh-huh. actually moved because you know Pop dies. You know, like, oh wow, they're willing to they're willing to move some things around, and I I do respect them for that. Yeah, let's talk about Pop's death, Jordan. How'd you feel about that? Um, did I have an opinion on this? You had a strong opinion on this. Oh, it's softened since because I don't remember <laughs> what my what my beef was. I, with that. I think that you didn't like. His like dying. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. I remember now. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it was. I, I listened to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we have two listeners. I couldn't, I couldn't listen to that one because it happened too soon after um, it was released. Like I wasn't caught up, so I couldn't. Uh, yeah. I was like ten minutes in. I'm like, oh shit, what am I doing? <laughs> so, I okay. so what did he say? And what so was your it's reaction? it's a heavy handed. Like so, this entire time, pops is saying uh, swear jar whenever somebody says a curse word, and so he says swear jar because he's trying to. <laughs> 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 uh, because he's trying to implement into these kids who are running drugs. Well, no, this is pops. This is where this is a safe place. This is uh, yeah. This is where good boys are and work for me. Um, and then uh, and then his dying words was like uh, Luke Cage says something like "damn it" or he says a curse word in the shop. And then his last words are "swear jar." And I'm just like, oh god damn it, we get it. <laughs> Fuck. Well, I think it was at least consistent because. 
there were a lot of themes in very Luke consistent. Cage. It was heavy hands. Yeah, and Luke Cage's themes were heavy. They were You're on right. the nose. You were one. like, what was the what were they trying to get across with with the fact that he's always wearing a hoodie? Or sure. the fact that the police being uh, a little too militant. Like mm-hmm. they they were they were very like not subtle. They were no, very they pointed, weren't. but like but that, like that's a value in things. Sometimes like subtlety is the wrong wrong choice. But what I wonder did he put money in that swear jar? <laughs> so, yeah. I don't care about the swear jar. Those, like, heavy-handed, like, uh, the the uh, comments on... Oh, no. What was this? Uh, somebody got unplugged. Can everybody hear now? Hello. Hello? Yep, we're good. Okay. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I don't mind the heavy-handed uh, social commentary. It's when, like, it's a personality that, like, I don't know, they, it didn't need to be said. They could have... I, his I dying understand what you're there. saying. Yeah. Like, like the character, because I'm on board with the social commentary and, and everything else, and I honestly wasn't even really interested in that much in the series until Pop died. But speaking to heavy-handedness, like the character with the sunglasses, like, okay, what are you doing? If now? I could take shades and throw him out <laughs> oh, a window. <laughs> you think Cottonmouth threw the wrong guy off the top of the building? Yes! <laughs> get rid of shades. Like, I get it. I forgot it. about shades. Okay, like, so that's a character that's from the comic book. But, like, does he actually need to be wearing sunglasses? <laughs> well, I feel like, yeah. I feel like Luke Disney. Cage is the most heavy-handed of all these series by a mile. Yeah. And not just with its themes, but, I mean, with everything. The character shades. It had the most comic booky lines in it throughout. Sweet Christmas. Yeah, there were, there were times where I just rolled my eyes like, oh, they just transcribed that right out of the word bubble. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but I, like, yeah, it's a fine line apparently of like heavy handedness. That's like, remember this was in the comic books, wink, wink, uh, versus him saying like, who swears you? I'm like, that's stupid. I, I did like the moment where he inadvertently ended up in his original costume from oh, right. the comic book oh, when, yeah. when he was escaping after he got his powers initially. Yeah. He actually ended up like taking some random stuff from the clothesline and was in his costume and was like, "What the hell am I wearing?" Yeah, yeah. That, whenever they nod to like the original cheesy comic book stuff, and like that, uh, like I really appreciated that part of the the like test tube that he was in. Part of it was the tiara, the silver tiara that he wears in the comics, and so like they even had a nod to that. I thought that was fun. Uh, but yeah. You know what though, with the comic book heavy handedness, I haven't really considered this before, but I think about maybe. The fact that the show is making so many of these uh, social commentaries and uh, really talking about race, I think that maybe with a lot of viewers that the show is trying to capture, you might now need that stuff because it's kind of the thing of like, I read an article about it that said people would rather talk about uh, Professor X and Malcolm X, you know? Oh, yep. So I'm thinking that, like, maybe if all these things are kind of being heavy-handed and, like, coming at you, talking about Black Lives Matter, I almost feel like a lot of viewers are going to be like, well, fuck this. And then if you put in something that's like, oh, look, but he's wearing that costume, maybe brings them back. I don't know. Maybe but that's about for them. I feel like they've been... I, so I haven't seen the series, but I read a lot of interviews with the man who plays Luke Cage. And... Like, it seems like they've been pretty transparent from before it even, before they even released it, that it was going to be a, a social commentary about race. Like, For sure. he, he talks about, you know, the first thing he talks about in one of the interviews I read was like, yeah, I wear a hoodie because, you know, black kids get shot when they wear hoodies. Yeah. And yeah. like, that's, and I think that's important. I think it, I think they've been pretty transparent about it. And if, you know, maybe they are being, again, I haven't seen it, so I can't really comment on that, but like, maybe they are being too heavy handed with 
with so much of it, but but I think it's the kind of show that maybe people need to though. Yeah, maybe. No, it comes yeah. down to a like a personal choice of how much message you want in your entertainment. And I'm not going to prescribe that to anyone. Just I'm just going to watch and see how it makes me feel. I'm not going to tell someone that they need yeah. more message in it or or less message. It's mm-hmm. just whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah, I want to speak to both Danielle's and Skylar's point. Um, it, I think it's important to remember the context of, like, Luke Cage came out um, as, like, a response to, like, the civil rights movement that was happening in the 60s and 70s, right? So they started creating all of these new black superheroes that were vehicles for these new messages. And I think that something poignant about why this series was created was because they're saying, well, the original messages of the Luke Cage comic book of, like, you know, there's oppression and we need to fight that oppression or there's problems and we need to fix those problems. We need to speak to those problems. Um, I think that they're saying, well, those are still issues. And, you know, the original message of Luke Cage, the comic book character, like that's still important. That's still prevalent today. So whether they made it, you know, set in the seventies or whether they make it set in 2016, like there's still these issues that need to be grappled with that need to be discussed because yeah, yeah, the, the issues have evolved. And so like, we're going to modernize it in this, this format of, because uh, comic books have always um, like uh, been, they've done their best to comment on what's happening in society. Like the Punisher uh, came from the Vietnam war um, and just these different, like, yeah. And I mean, obviously Captain America was propaganda, (laughs) but he is the, like, uh, the most propaganda. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so it always comes from what's going on in the world. Like even Spider-Man has saved Obama, like in different comic books. Uh, and is that for real? That's for real. Yeah. It like, uh, the chameleon was, uh, posing as president Obama and was trying to do bad things as president. And (laughs) Spider-Man comes in and is like, this isn't Obama. This is the chameleon. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so, so yeah, and I, I I appreciate that the um, the media that Marvel is going in with Luke Cage is doing the same thing. Um, yeah, uh, this got ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes for those who care. Uh, Eighty eight by viewers. Can I? Uh, I want to bring back one point real quick about this. Uh, when Chelsea said when we were talking about Jessica Jones that you thought it was valuable to have Luke Cage introduced in that show to help. Do you feel if you feel it helped this show to do that? Yeah, I do. Um, I also think it was good that we had a little bit of an exposure to Night Nurse Rosario Dawson's character. She's been a uh, player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's been the one thread that's tied all three of these these shows together, and I really loved just seeing more of her. Yep. Honestly, I, I think she's my favorite character in all three of these movies. It's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that's probably true. I have not really liked Rosario Dawson in anything I've seen her in. She's just doesn't appeal to me. Um, like Paul Rent? Giamatti. Rent? Kids? I Okay, first of all, I did love Rent, but I didn't love her. <laughs> um, and I know I'm in the minority of people who loved the movie version of Rent more than the play, but I did. Um, mm. But she, I have really liked her in this. She's been um, great, yeah. And uh, I think she's been that needed, because in the movies, um, until they didn't need him anymore because it was leading up to the Avengers, but in the movies, it was Phil Coulson um and now he's in oh, uh, one of the greatest shows on ABC. Um <laughs> you're according not to Mike talking Grover. about Marvel's Agents of Shield. Of course I am. 
I I like the the concept of Marvel's Agents of Shield, but I feel like there's too much of that like nodding, like oh, I'm gonna get on the the phone with Tony. I'm talking to Joe. Tony. Joe talks about this. <laughs> you know, uh, Tony was, Stark. He, he likened it to wrestling, um, and it's a per- yeah, it's, it's a perfect yeah, analogy. It's, it's like Saturday wrestling when like yeah, The Rock coming. Soon, CM Punk's right around the corner. Like, you never see him on the Um But yeah, I do love. Um, it's Night Nurse Claire Temple. That's the the character's name. Uh, I love Claire Temple in this because it's also like uh, because uh, in this world of superheroes, we need the reminder of what the viewer and a realistic, grounded like member of like just normalcy would see these uh, superheroes as. And she comes in and even offers help. And so that kind of just encourages us to do our best as well in a subtle way. Um, and I've well, always seen And that she up. also answers such an important question of like, where does a superhero go when they get their ass kicked? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they go to... Yeah. The answer is Night Nurse. Yeah. Uh-huh. They, yep. they go to Night Nurse. Apparently. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I know I know all these movies are going to co- come together in The Defenders, right? Yeah. But shows. It's a television oh, oh, show. Oh, shows, shows. <laughs> long, she long broken up since. <laughs> <laughs> it's happened before. <laughs> uh, but, um, but do you think we'll ever see any of these characters in the cinematic universe? In, I, in the I, movies? So we talked about this. Uh, on like, the Benjamin okay. Verge of Luke. And I'm going to correct that I may have been wrong mm-hmm. on Jordan's podcast. Um, I had heard uh, or read something about them being in Infinity War. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kristen Ritter and Mike Coulter. Coulter. Is mm-hmm. that his name? Yeah. Uh, and uh, Charlie, Co- Charlie Cox? Yeah, Matt yeah. Murdock. They were all rumored to be in it, and I've since looked it up, and they're conflicting stories. Like, yeah. half the articles you find online will say, no, they're definitely not in it, and half of them will say they are. The majority be, of it know. is the uh, the movie executives don't play nice with the television series executives. I know, right? Because everybody is screaming for them to come together and, like, tie these threads together so that we can yeah, see. Yeah, I, I thought that they were – part of the reason why they were doing the shows was so they'd have more bodies in Civil War, but then – yeah, that doesn't. There was it, no just, Daredevil. There was no. Jessica instead, they Jones. just introduce future properties. Uh, I really want these guys in Infinity War. Yeah, can you it imagine? T- brings Jessica? everything I together, would, makes it so much more interesting. Yeah. What's that? Story? I would really. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to see them in Infinity War. I'll be honest. I don't. Okay, Calvin. Just for what the. <laughs> I mean, Daredevil up against some of the Avengers. I mean. Any of those, they're just they're just smaller scale heroes, okay. and they just get wiped out immediately. Like they they don't stand a chance to a lot of those. I people. mean, if if Hawkeye can hang in there, I think <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Daredevil hey, could hang in there. His weakness is wearing sleeves. I swear, <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to draw a bow in sleeves. Yeah. And Skyler, why, why why is it that you don't want to see him in there? I mean, it's just that uh, what these characters shows each are about, right? I mean, I guess it would uh. make some sense for Luke Cage and Jessica Jones to be fighting with the Avengers, but that's not really why we have these shows. Like, I wasn't really interested to watch Luke Cage because he's a superhero, because I don't really give a shit about superhero TV shows because of the same thing we were talking about with uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where I'm like, I don't really care that much about the superhero element of it. I'm more focused on, like, maybe good storytelling, uh, and which is why Jessica Jones is good. Where if you put them in Infinity War, like why would we care about these characters in the context of all these other huge characters and a giant huge fight? Well, can I maybe I not to it's not to counter that, but to expand on that further, I guess it's like 
maybe we think of them as minor characters because they're in like minor situations, right? Like because they're not battling people that the on the scale that like Captain America is battling like villains, you know. And I, I, I don't know. I wonder if I can't, I can't see Jessica Jones like ganging up with Captain America, being like, "Yeah, let's." I could see her being like, "Go fuck yourself," right, <laughs> you yeah. know. Yeah. Uh, but I, but I, I do wonder if it's if we think of them as minor superheroes because they just haven't, we haven't seen them in the same arena as as these other superheroes. Daredevil would die. One, <laughs> one bullet from Iron Man. <laughs> I mean, Thor. Thor is a god. He would yeah. kill most superheroes. But I mean, Daredevil is blind and he's really good with hand-eye coordination and fighting <laughs> and they, martial arts and stuff like that. But he's he's a fragile human. But they I mean, all, that's why night nurses. They there. all have their own. They all have their own fragilities, though. You know, like they all have yeah, their own. Yeah, but at different scales, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing the like, yeah, whether they're fighting like alongside the Avengers when they're going up against Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet, um, I don't care if they actually make the team, but I do want a nod at least like uh, what they did in X Men First Class when they were recruiting X Men and they went up to Wolverine and then he told Professor X and Magneto to go fuck off, and so that was the that was the cameo that we got of Wolverine and it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so something to that level where we get to see Jessica Jones tell Captain America mm-hmm. to go fuck himself. Um, I don't know if I want them fighting alongside, but as a fanboy and I just geek out about uh, continuity, I would appreciate like Nick Fury uh, like passing a f- uh, just a, um, a uh, dossier that has like the defenders yeah. like names on there. That's all I yeah, want. Even in I a, just want to nod. Even an, an, an acknowledgement yes. wow, words um, <laughs> would be really nice because we get nods to the Avengers all the time in these Defenders series, yeah. right? You know, there's mm-hmm. there's passing comments about like the big green guy mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. some Whenever guy. they talk about the incident, it's uh, the invasion of New York. Exactly. Yeah. So if there could be some sort of reference, like in Civil War, for example, like Tony Stark went to New York. He went to Queens to recruit a teenage boy. Yeah, 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 you're right. With like these cool spider gadgets that he made. <laughs> but like realistically, if we're looking at these TV shows as being canon with the movies, then like wouldn't he have I don't know like picked up a newspaper and read about the Devil of Hell's Kitchen? Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, here's this guy that is a vigilante and he's doing all these things. Or like you know, like I know that at least with Jessica Jones, like. Her her event and the things that she was dealing with were, like, very isolated to her. So maybe it wasn't making the news. But we know that Daredevil's making the news. We know that Luke Cage is making the yeah. news. Why wouldn't Tony Stark be like, maybe I should get one of these grown-ass individuals? Yes. I, think Tony, I think Tony Stark read about Daredevil and was like, I could kill this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but here's my biggest question about the MCU that I've always wondered is, why doesn't Iron Man just make Iron Man suits for everybody. everybody. Yeah. Like, you're Black Widow. Because that, at least have this Iron Man. That gets rid of his individuality, though. Like, if he does okay, that for everybody, then I know, but that's Tony Stark. But yeah. then his friends don't die. I know, yeah. But still, like, Tony's not going to give share his toys because Maybe that gets has. rid of his power. And he just makes them, they don't fit right, and they're like, no, thanks for oh, no nothing, Tony. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, mine fit great. <laughs> Even though, like, he kind of did in uh, Age of Ultron, like, they have upgrades and things like that. And so, like, and he's War Machine Spider-Man. is... War Machine is, yeah. Uh, he's like, right. I only have one loner set, and War Machine has yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Well, yeah. <laughs> Wait, so, quick question for yeah. all of you who are more knowledgeable about this nerds. than me. Uh, for all of you <laughs> fucking nerds. Um, so, and, and Chelsea's comment makes me question, like, what is the 
timeline? Like, is everything happening simultaneously? Or is, like, did Tony Stark potentially discover Peter Parker and then, like, later on down the road is, like, when Jessica Jones and, and yeah. Daredevil and Luke Cage is happening? So I can answer it, like, specifically case-by-case scenario. For yeah. Spider-Man, it was because they – this was when Civil War was happening and they had – their team was separated. Right. So they needed to build – Tony Stark needed to build his side of the roster, mm-hmm. so he recruited Spider-Man. Um, and so, yeah, it, I mean, it, uh, essentially the movies happen six months, every six months. Um, and so, like, uh, when you're watching Iron Man 3, it's six months after the Avengers, and he's dealing with his PTSD. Oh. So it's, it is in a, uh, yeah, a timeline, a certain time. Gotcha. And all the uh, TV shows are post-Avengers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because they talk about the incident. The event- right. Incident like, that's why Hell's Kitchen. So they would, so maybe they just exist in a later time, so when Iron Man wouldn't have di- discovered them. Uh, no. Is that not true? No. no. It, it, so it's it, it's all chronological. Oh, I love this, in, by the way. This is great. In <laughs> relation in, in relation to how they're released, it's chronological. So, like, yeah. um, you know, like, the, the events in Jessica Jones happen after the events in, in Daredevil, and the events in Daredevil happened after the Avengers movie, mm-hmm. and, and so on and so on. And even Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., like, the... Uh, it's separated in the last fourth of that first season is after um, we find out that Hydra has been inside of S.H.I.E.L.D. the entire time. Wait a minute. How many seasons did they – They're, they're in uh, their fourth season right Jesus now. Christ. All <laughs> four too many. <laughs> no, it is not. I need two more seasons of the movie. Jordan, Jordan, yeah. what do you like about that show? No, no, it's bad. There's nothing good about it. I can't agree with Jordan. I mean, any bad Star Wars thing, I'm gonna be like, I love that universe. <laughs> <laughs> it's all great. Love good books. gadgets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Good stuff. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun uh, show. It's, speaking of Star Wars, did you hear the news today? Uh, yeah. I can't. Uh, it's the same oh, yeah. day that Carrie Fisher died. It's so disappointing. Jesus Christ. She has become more powerful than all of us. Yeah, yeah, may, she is one with the force. Yeah, may the yeah. force be with you all. That's right. Yeah, um, go go check out Agents of Shield. They need the viewership. <laughs> they do, or they're not going to get that fifth season that they no, so no. desperately he pl- need. He plugs Agents of Shield before his own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, huh? yeah. Uh, yeah, and so I think uh, we is this a good time for like final thoughts? Yeah, because we're going to play the game. Oh, that's so, right. I forgot uh, about the game. Yay! Yeah, final thoughts on any of these three series. Go ahead. Um, uh, yeah. Go ahead. My favorite moment from Luke Cage is when he beats everyone's ass <laughs> in that <laughs> in that building <laughs> while um, Wu Tang Clan's Bring the Ruckus is, <laughs> is playing. That was a, one of the best moments in all of uh, all of those series. I love I love the soundtrack for Luke Cage. Um, they did a great job with that as well. Uh, yeah, it's it's awesome and it lends to the character. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think, uh, you know, as far as just, like, standalone moments, I think uh, Daredevil has, like, three really great ones. The one where he's he's going in, fighting the Russians. Mm-hmm. The one where he's, like, working his way down the building with the chain hooked to his, his oh, wrist. Oh, jeez, and a gun duct taped to his hand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez, and so then great. And then uh, the one where Punisher's in prison, killing all the, ah, the other... so oh, good! So good, yeah. Just, like, just... Candy to watch. Oh, it is so good. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, yeah. As, as far as um, oh, a standalone moment from Luke Cage, uh, I think it was like episode one. It was either one or two where Luke Cage goes in and uh, he like beats up everybody, and there's just like one guy left with a gun, and he's just like, I don't even like these niggas, man, and he runs away. That was <laughs> I died. Oh yeah, it was. 
Yeah. It was incredible. Because that's what you would do. Because yeah. after a point, these guys that are playing Luke Cage, because everybody's coming up to him always just like shooting at him. And uh, up to a point, you just got to be like, what are we doing? Why? He's here. Let's just go home. We know how this ends. <laughs> right, yeah. Let's, uh, let's just call it a night, huh? Let's call it early. Yeah. yeah. Well, sorry, Calvin. Why not? What were you um, going to say, Calvin? No, that old boy style oh, fight scene. Oh, that yeah. old boy style fight scene was yeah. absolutely my favorite part of Daredevil. Uh, yeah, and I think it was nominated for its stunt work. Uh, I don't think it won, though, so there's only one award. <laughs> <laughs> Just the main theme of Jessica Jones. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's an impressive theme. Uh, cool. Uh, let's play that game, huh? No uh, one else had any final thoughts, Danielle? Okay. I'm just looking forward to seeing Ben Affleck again. Yeah. In the. No. I hope no. I never want to. My. I guess. I guess. Awesome. I, you know what I think about a lot. I think about like why was he allowed to be. In MCU and DC. His contract ran out, so yeah. And I mean, technically, Chris Evans was... Yeah, he was Human Torch as well. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Well, and those were before the current yeah. MCU, so like they were able to... But it's not like, we, it's not like we're right? like a... Like a tiny bird, like we have a memory. Like we remember he was in. We all remember he was in the torch, and now he's just Captain America. Like, fine, he gets a pass. It's yeah. not like we're a tiny bird. <laughs> uh, I I think that uh, not not to go off on a tangent, but like uh, I think it's interesting looking at canon. Like uh, we've been reading a lot of uh, Batman. In our home, we're a Batman family. What was? We're, we're taking a master class in Batman right now. So <laughs> oh, yeah, right? No, oh, okay. San Diego extension. We're uh, <laughs> we're watching like all the Batman movies. We're reading all the comic books. We got like a book of essays about Batman, and there was a really good essay about how there is no foundational true canon for Batman because Ooh, like there's so mm. many iterations of it that keep happening. Like. Uh, over and over that there's no one like real way to say like oh well the Adam West Batman that's the canon or like oh the Nolan Batmans those are like the canon you know the George Clooney Batman yeah the George Clooney Batman is canon like there's there's all of these just random things that exist in the universe so like all of them are true while simultaneously not being true yeah multiple dimensions that's what it is. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> were they specifically talking about the Batman films uh, with canon, or well, were they, they were saying were any of the comic books are, like, moot for canon? I'll, I, because, you know, like, uh, typically, like, the, the, the ones that, as far as comics, they like to look at The Killing Joke and The Dark Knight. Right. As far as, like, oh, yeah, that's the dark, gritty Batman that we like. Mm-hmm. And then as far as movies, it's just the Nolan movies, right? Yeah. But, um... But even even if those are your 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 canon, right? Like they can't coincide because um, you know, like uh, uh, well, it, like uh, Two Face, for example, is alive in the Dark Knight, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in the Dark Knight comic book, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dark Knight Returns, uh, whereas he he dies in the Nolan movies, right? right. So. Um, where am I going with this? Yeah, yeah there's, there's, there's inconsistencies there's, yeah. even in supposed canon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I've always saw that as like just media. Like there's a sep- – well, yeah, and I guess that doesn't really matter uh, because why does – you know what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but then there's that interesting question with the Marvel movies because they had a handful of Marvel franchises, mm-hmm. right? They had the, the first Hulk. They had the – the the Toby Maguire Spider Mans yeah. and then the Garfield Spider Mans and then they had like the X Men and that's a big question of like yeah does that have you know like we just have to ignore that they yeah and as far as I understand anything like that is in this current 
Kevin Feige architect period of the Marvel Studios. Like, anything prior to that, uh, and that, like, so yeah, the Tobey Maguire ones aren't canon. Anything prior to Iron Man isn't canon. Um, and so any new uh, reintroduction of a character in, like, the, the Marvel Netflix, um, the Marvel Cinematic Universe currently, which is, like, anything Disney properties, um, with the exception of Spider-Man, which is exciting because they could do that with other superhero uh, franchises as well, is bringing them into the canon. So it's uh, anything that it, from Iron Man onward under, like, uh, yeah, um, Disney's approval is the Marvel Cinematic Universe canon. Seems like cheap though. Like, sure. if you're a father and like you had a, a first marriage and you had <laughs> <Yeah>. some kids, <laughs> and you're like, I don't know. And then you like, you really found yourself, and then you got a new family. Well, really, like, it's what... these kids count. Yeah. Like those other no. kids don't count. What it is Have is you what met kid... my dad. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> so sad. Uh, what it is is it's the kid that makes you the most money. That's what it is. Your kid. <laughs> but like, isn't there something to be said about like collective ephemera? Like, isn't there something to be said that for like, even if it's not set canon, why can't everything just exist and then like whatever happens happens? Because my tiny bird comic book <laughs> brain can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, that... I guess the comic books are the are the originating point, right? So like whatever even, happens Even there. then though, like they consi- yeah, they consistently go through reboots where it's like a dramatic uh, uh, like universe shaping event happens and then it's like none of this mm-hmm. is a thing yeah. anymore so it gets very confusing. That recently well, happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like with the uh, with the new 52 Batman, right? Like mm-hmm. uh they they reboot rebooted everything, but then they still Gave him six different Robins within a six-year yeah, period right, of yeah. time. Mm-hmm. Like, so when there's things that happen in 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 the franchise that I don't like, I just pretend it. Yeah, it's there. Chris <laughs> Cannon. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. It just depends on your preference. Maybe Toby Maguire passed on the suit to uh, Tom Holland. If that's your canon, great. Do that. It was uh, either the drummer or like the bassist in Spinal Tap, but like they never had one for any length of time. So like that's what Robin is. <laughs> it was the, the, drummer. the drummer. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Robin in the Batman universe is like the drummer in Spinal yeah. Tap. They just constantly. <laughs> Keep new ones. <laughs> Tragic events befall. Yeah, uh, personally, for like my own canon, it is very rigid. And so when things happen where it's uh, where Black Mariah is crying to Tony Stark in Civil War about her son dying, I'm like, why doesn't she bring that up in Luke Cage? You, you just pretend that it's Black Mariah. Exactly. Yeah, she's undercover for some reason, some political agenda, in there. <laughs> which makes sense because the whole uh, Civil War thing is all about uh, choosing a side for a political agenda. <sighs> Okay, uh, want to play a game? <laughs> yeah, Alright, we're going to play a game. We're going to play a game called What the Fuck Did I Just Watch? You theme song. <laughs> I can hear it in my head I know, because yeah. I listen to your podcast. Can I, can I do an impression? What the fuck? Is that good? That's pretty close. <laughs> what <yeah>. the fuck? <laughs> um, yep. What the fuck did I just watch? I'm going to describe the premise of an entire show. Uh, and then I'm going to ask you what the fuck I just watched. And we'll just do this as a group. Uh, if you know it, you know it. These are pretty long. You'll probably know it. What the fuck did I just watch? All right, number one. Everyone. Last night, I was watching this show where, theorizing that one could time travel within his own lifetime, Dr. Sam Beckett stepped into the Quantum Leap Accelerator and vanished. He awoke to find himself trapped in the past, facing mirror images that were not his own, and driven by an unknown force to change history for the better. His only guide on this journey is Al, an observer from his own time who appears in the form of a hologram that only Sam can see and hear. 
And so, Dr. Beckett finds himself leaping from life to life, striving to put right what once went wrong, and hoping each time that his next leap will be the leap home. Uh, it's quantum leap. Yeah, oh, but... what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> yeah, you're disqualified. <laughs> yeah. Chris couldn't wait. I could see the other corner of my eye the whole time. It's nah, like, I can't yeah, wait. You said yeah. quantum leap. <laughs> yeah, yep, yeah. I did. Yeah. Uh, Skylar, did you know it? Yeah, Fuller House. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, Skylar, you took my joke, man. I was going to say Full House. God damn it. Wait, is Skylar the youngest person here right now? Uh, yeah. Yeah. He's just barely able to drink. <laughs> Skylar, have you heard of Quantum Leap? Do you know the show? Uh, I know about Quantum Theory. No. <laughs> that, the short answer is no. I wanted to sound smart. Uh, no. No? It's, uh, it's a... It was a great show. It does not hold up. I think you can watch it on Netflix. Does anyone know? Yeah, I watched it. It does not hold up at all. It debuted around the same time as America's Funny Home Videos. So, like, that's where we were as a nation. (laughs) (laughs) So, it's fine for its time. No problems. Is it kind of like Flatliners? Is that a thing? Flatliners is a thing. Flatliners, is that that show where they, like, they die and bring them back to life? Is it is is it the one with who's in it? Kiefer Sutherland and like William Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Well, one Baldwin was in everything in the nineties. That's not. That's a pretty easy guess, Chris. That's why there were seven of them. Was it? But but like William Baldwin was like recording sex tapes with a whole uh-huh. bunch of women in that movie. So so they they all they all died and then like they started having hallucinations because it, they, they died and then, then brought them back to life and then. And then they flatlined themselves to continue the hallucination. Yeah. Kevin Bacon was But uh, Quantum right. Leap has yeah. nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Quantum Leap, uh, I can't even think of a show that's like it. Uh, there is a show that we were watching Sliders. the other night. Sliders was close. Sliders no, was close. not Sliders. Uh, 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 well, Sliders was Isn't like... Is that new time travel one? Is yeah, the new time travel one is... I can't is, think what is it's called. Travelers. Travelers. Uh, it's oh, basically okay. the same, same premise. But yeah, yeah I, I, I also loved Sliders. <laughs> Sliders. They kept going into different dimensions, and they wanted to get back home, and they couldn't. Every episode was in a different place. I mean, that's yeah. that's pretty close yeah, to Quantum Leap. Sliders was great for about two and a half seasons, and then it got so weird at the end. Huh. Like, I, I don't it, know it if it holds up after that. that. Agents of Field has a better stra- uh, track list. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a pundit? <laughs> I take off my mask and I'm Jed Whedon trying to keep the show alive. Okay. Okay, number two. We're going to move on. Uh, Number two, everyone. Last night, I was watching this show. And it was a tale of a fateful trip that started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. Oh! The mate was a mighty sailing man. Mm -hmm. The skipper, brave and sure. Five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour. Let me say that again. A three-hour tour. Let Jordan handle this one. A three-hour tour? The weather started getting rough. The tiny ship was tossed. Now, if not for the courage of the fearless crew, the minnow would be lost. Let me say that again. The minnow would be lost. What the fuck did I just watch? Uh, Oz. Lost. 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 Because you said lost. So it was, it was lost. Jordan thinks it's the HBO prison drama Oz. Uh-huh. Skylar thinks it's lost. Does anyone have a better answer to that? 
J.K. Simmons and his wife. What does the lyric? The movie star. <laughs> I remember watching that like as a kid, and like, from the other room, my mom would like sing the wrong lyrics to that whole theme that's so, song. It's that's like, so sweet. What are you doing? <laughs> You've seen this before so many times. <clears throat> I'm interested to see if Skylar knows it because this is an old. It show. is well. It's iconic, it's old show. Though. It started in black and white. It's old as yeah. shit. Did it start in black yes. and white? Yes, it really before did. Most of us. I didn't so. know that. So Skylar, really, what is it? Uh, oh, sorry, not Lost. Uh, lost in Translation. <laughs> Great yes. show. Yep. Great show. No, yep, they crashed uh, on J- Japan. It, it's Gilligan's Island, right? Yeah. That's right. Yep. That's right. It's Gilligan's Island. Okay. Good job. Yeah. I think the Harlem Globetrotters are in it. Yes, they were. I love it. They, uh, You're thinking of Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think they were. I'm, I'll look it up. No, they were. They absolutely were. <laughs> there were robots that went up against them, weren't there? I think they had, like, robots that played basketball against the Harlem Globetrotters. What? That's Space Jam. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, my God. Skylar, how do you know Space Jam? Uh-huh. Uh, it, was, it came out the year I was born. Mm. Oh, it did? Good year. Good year. That year got us two great yeah, things. One of them was Skylar 1996? Jesus, I'm old. 1996. I was in high school when Space Jam came out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, all right, number three. Everyone. That's great. Last night, I was watching the show wherein life is like a hurricane. <laughs> there are race cars, lasers, aeroplanes... You might solve a mystery or rewrite history. Mm-hmm. Just danger <laughs> lurks behind you. There's a stranger oh to find you. This is great. What uh-huh. to do? And more importantly, what the fuck did I just watch? Uh, DuckTales. <laughs> did, did you know they're rebooting? I did. Yeah. And it looks really good. Kill, yeah. Killgrave. Killgrave is going to be... Uh, oh, Scrooge. he's going to be Scrooge yeah. McDuck. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Miller. Tell me, please tell me it's live action. It's not. No. 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 He's just wearing, like, Bobby feathers Moynihan. on his forehead. Ben Schwartz, Bobby Moynihan. What? Dewey 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 and Dewey Dewey Abed from Community. Yeah, yeah. 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 The, the art style is kind of like um, a throwback to, like, the old 50s uh, comic book. Whoa. Or 40s and 50s comic book. So uh, it's super stylized. They've got a whole bunch of talent for it. I think, That's awesome. I think it's going to be So who's good. playing Uncle Donald? Is it just, like, a usual, like, uh, voice actor that can actually pull that off? They did, like, a trailer thing where they're all singing the, uh, the theme, theme song. song. Mm-hmm. They're all, a, all the actors. What's her name? Kate, Kate, Kate Donald, Micucci is, uh, Donald never really Webby. was in the show, though, huh? He no, was he wasn't. No, he no. Was he, it was an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, thing. They were uh, like, Donald's around. <laughs> <laughs> the motherfucker <laughs> never showed. <laughs> I'm on the phone with Donald. <laughs> Uh, Beck Bennett is Launchpad McQuack, which is oh, pretty yeah, good. Oh, yeah, that's Yeah, great. yeah. That was, a, that was a show I watched a lot as a child. That's it was, a good one. It was a good show. That and Darkwing Duck. And Tailspins. Like, yeah. These shows, and Chippendale Rescue. Chippendale Anyone Rescue else Rangers. really feel like the kid in the air surfboard surfing behind a plane? That was like one of the most unsafe things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but he made he, it look good. He felt like every other episode he had to like, be saved. <laughs> That, like, pirate fox always tries yeah. to get him. <laughs> I thought they were overusing him falling as a, as a dramatic crutch. That was, that was my two, that's my two cents on yeah. Tailspin. Yeah. All right, number four, you guys. <clears throat> Last night, I was watching this show where... Okay, I'm just going to say it in the words of the main character, and you guys can all join me because this is an obvious one. Uh, as uh, opposed to... 
<laughs> this is the Can story get, all no. about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called Bel Air. Wishbone. Yeah, it's Wishbone. <laughs> <laughs> the mentalist. It's, it's <laughs> good, that's a good show. That is a good show. What the fuck did I really just watch? Uh, you know, Fresh uh, Prince. Fresh Prince. Uh, Men in Black. Seven pounds. Seven pounds? Will I am Smith. Skylar's digging deep for Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> Seven Six well, degrees of separation. I saw recently that Will Smith is now older than Uncle Phil was at the time of that show. Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. He, that guy died. Yeah. So he's not going to be. Oh, yeah. Older. Will Smith doesn't have yeah. much longer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. That's Uncle the Phil did Hey, guys, there. no. This year's been terrible for celebrities dying. No. Please don't wish this on Will Smith. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uncle Phil, that's how J. Cole's album starts. Well, first things first, rest in peace, Uncle Phil. Phil. Come on. Aww. Where are you, Chris? Yeah. Oh, on. that was J. Cole? That's a great line. Yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm too old for that. It's a really good song. It was in high school. You're not too old for J. Cole. You can get on board. Uh, that's it. I only did four this week because they were pretty long. Yeah, that was good. I think we all. I think we got uh, all five. <laughs> all, right, all four. How many? We got all, all four. four. <laughs> all five. I'm sorry. Um, great. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Any final thoughts about time. anything, guys? You have. Uh, this is your last chance. Um, Agents of Shield should be starting. Jordan. <laughs> Jordan. February. Normally this time it would be Agent Carter being the buffer, but that got canceled. Uh, oh, because it was great. It, the first season was great, and then the was second. Agent Carter just like how they talked about Agents of Agents of Shield? You never saw them. Was it like an even lesser show? <laughs> I got Agents of Shield on the phone here. <laughs> <laughs> and they got Nick Fury on the phone. <laughs> uh, yeah, rest in peace, uh, Agent Carter. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I, uh, what were we talking about? I think we are just wrapping up the show. I've never been good at wrapping up shows. Mouthful of Marvels is just kind of like, Mike, are we done for crying out loud? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I... It's good to see you guys out here. I'm yeah, glad. We're, yeah. Normally, we're usually in, in California. Chris mm-hmm. and I are usually in California, so it's good to be home. It's nice to meet you, too. Yeah, you, too. you too. And it's uh, nice to finally learn your last name, Skylar. <laughs> oh, shit. Thanks, <laughs> oh, <no>. buddy. <laughs> you know, I, I called you my best friend at the very beginning, and I uh, I take that oh. back. <laughs> well, oh. I, I hope that, like, through this, like, how long have we been going? Hour or so? Like, I've regained that title? Huh? I don't think so. No. Um, okay. Nope. Did you know my last name? Uh, Take it. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're friends. We're friends. Happy ending. All right. Uh, Yeah. Thanks, Skylar, for coming on. Uh, Hopefully, you're going to be back next week to talk about House of Cards, right? (gasps) Oh, man. Skylar got House of Cards. Can I get Marco Polo? There's no justice. I had to talk about Sensei. (laughs) I know. Skylar, you're in such a better position than we are. Skylar, is it cold there? He can't. Yeah, oh, is it um, cold there? It's not actually that cold right now. It's been warm the last couple of days. It's been 45 or like 30. I don't know. Um, so that's pretty warm. Yeah. For right now. For right. Yeah, it is. Wait, what How? What temperature is it? 45? Mm, yeah. yeah, it's like 10 yeah, it's like degrees 40 here. right now. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, global warming, right? Oh, yeah. Fun. Climate yeah. change. I don't believe that. <laughs> doesn't exist, and the EPA doesn't believe yeah, in not- it anymore either, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Uh, all right. On that note, uh, thanks again, Skylar Higley. 
Joe DeGenero, yeah. Calvin Dittmore, Danielle Susie, Chelsea Mackey, and Chris Bodley for coming on. The Purge slash... Uh, the Marth Full of Marbles. <laughs> <laughs> so Someone wake Jordan up. Someone wake Jordan up. It's time for his parties. Okay, uh, do, does the Purge have a send-off? Uh, I, I thank Steve Combs for the music, and I thank Calvin... Uh, Calvin. Calvin, yeah. <laughs> the guru. I thank Curtis Hansen for production support, because he kind of does the production for both of our podcasts. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. Uh, that's all I've got. Uh, we'll MC you later. We are Groot.